Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto, home, life, business, motorcycle, RV, boat, whatever it may be. They'll make sure that you get the right insurance. They'll also make sure you get the best price. They'll take care of all that. They're the best in the business, without question. It is Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Today's show here today. Tomorrow's show will be in Madison. Then back here in the Sunbury Motors studio coming up on Wednesday. Time now for the Matt Catrillo rant of the day. <laughs> you know, Steve, I-, I thought of you a lot this past weekend from... Oh, for goodness sakes. <laughs> Just by watching the embarrassment... Do you want to know, <laughs> know how many times I thought of you this weekend? I'm going to say uh, none. Oh, that's a good guess. <laughs> Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. (laughs) Only because of the embarrassment of riches we saw of coaching and game managing during what was actually a pretty, a very entertaining Super Wild Card weekend. And we still have tonight. But I just thought of you a lot of different ways from the end of the Miami game in Buffalo with the handling of the fourth and one to the, what happened to ha- just all of everything with to the Chargers and Brandon and Brandon Staley and all that he's done this year I, I I was just baffled by some of the things I saw from coaches this weekend they're play callers that's what I keep telling you that's what they that's what that's what this league is we're gonna hire a play caller great right how about like how about you can't you got to manage the game so what's going to be so interesting, for example, about Ohio State, will Ryan Day give up play calling to Brian Hartline? I mean, that's going to be interesting. Because at some point, somebody's got to manage the game. And that's what I I think McDaniel's a really good play caller, but the, is he a good head coach? After one year, I would say he's got a lot of work to do. Um, I don't know what the Vikings were attempting to accomplish on fourth down against the Giants. Yeah, I didn't even get to that either with Kevin O'Connell. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how much that is him, or uh, but that play call made no sense. I was saying, like, you got to be kidding me. Um, like. No offense, but isn't that the first down marker over there? Like, wow. Uh, Doug Peterson, you you can tell Doug's been watching Penn State games? Correct. 
That came into clutch for him. Um, and he, nobody in the league has used it this year. And look, we all let's you know let's not, we all know that Penn State did not invent this, but in looking at personnel and research, they're the ones that brought it back. Uh, that's why you have teams left and right looking around. They, Penn State was successful with that formation 72% of the time this year. 72% success rate out of that formation. And that includes the shifting. And take the touchdown they scored against Michigan State. They shifted out of the tee and into into a diamond setup and threw the ball out to Nicholas Singleton and he, he ran it in for a touchdown out of the diamond set. But they started in the T formation set and then they shifted out of it. And, I mean, I give Doug Peterson credit. He looked at that and said, you know what, this might be something we can use ourselves and did. You know, because, I mean, Mike Mike Yurcich and Jaywan Sider were really the two guys behind that saying, look, other teams have used it. We've got these two running backs. We've got tight ends that can block, so let's just do it. That puts five of our best people on the field at once. So they stole a formation from years gone by, put it in there, made it work, and then Doug Peterson said, that looks pretty cool, and we haven't used it all year. They won't know what we're doing out of it. Um, Now... The next part is going to be Saturday night. You've got your your matchup with the Giants. Correct. And unfortunately for you, a month ago I'd have told you it would be a cakewalk. And now today I'm telling you it's the worst matchup they could have had. There is, except for Saquon Barkley and maybe Thomas, the left tackle for the Giants, there is no other player on the Giants' offense that can start for the Eagles. Wide receivers? I don't even think the Giants' wide receivers would make the Eagles. 45-man roster. All right. Tight end? Nope. The other offensive lineman? Nope. Barkley, of course. Daniel Jones has just played himself into a terrific contract. He's not better than Jalen Hurts, but he has played himself into a terrific contract. Totally agree. He was uh, he was magnificent yesterday. But he's been but he's been playing like that the second half of the season, Matt. Yeah, That's no, how he's absolutely. Been yeah, I mean he has been playing like that. The second half of the season, he is, you know, Brian Dable is a really good coach. Now, defensively, it's a little different story. The Giants' defensive front, those three guys, Lawrence, Williams, and Thibodeau, probably would have a good chance of starting for the Eagles. Uh, Reddick is terrific. But the other guys are really good. But those giant, the, those three giant defensive linemen are kind of, a, they're re- not just, like, good. They're really good. Uh, linebackers, Edwards is better. But now the Giants got back a Dory Jackson, they got back McKinney. Their secondary is on par with the Eagles. And I'd say the kicking game, the punter for the Eagles is better. The place kickers are dead even. Elliott and Graham Gano are dead even. Yes, absolutely. Um, but to the credit of the Giants, they're playing well. 
they're playing well. And they did not, in any way, shape, or form, I mean, yeah. I know what cliche you're going to come up with about the third time. I know. I can, I can always read your mind. Well, I, I, to be honest, I th- I think that I, I would normally think that, but in this case, I think that argument is completely irrelevant. Simply because from that second game a couple weeks ago, when I know I get it, the Giants' backups almost beat the Eagles, but at the same time, the Eagles might as well put their backups in too because they didn't. They kind of. They kind of. They basically didn't Matt. really go full vanilla Matt. what they were supposed to do. Matt. How many times do I sit here on the show and I break sports myths? Plenty of times. Okay, you want to know what the reality is? Okay. Since the merger in 1970. Okay. Since the merger. Teams trying to win a third time. It's been this will be the 24th time. Okay? It's 14 and 9. But it was four and four the first eight. So the last fifteen, the team going after three straight wins has done it two thirds of the time. It's not as hard as you think. You want to know why? Because normally the team that's won twice is better. <laughs> I mean, there's that too. But but I'm saying is I, I don't even count no. that second game because the Giants play their backups and the Eagles. Really, kind of cake try to cakewalk their way through, which you really shouldn't do. But they got away I with, never, and they won the game. I never saw the game, so because I had the Purdue game. Right, the the game plan so. was not even remotely close to what they do all year. You had everybody just coming back. The Eagles were just trying to get out there, get the win, and don't get hurt, and be ready for the playoffs. They did not go full throttle in that game either. So this third art, this third game thing is is just stupid to me this week because that second game was not really a game. That was just two teams playing out there for formality. Did you win? They did win because they needed to win, but it might as well have been a, f- a fifth preseason game or fourth preseason game. No, that was September. Or umpteenth preseason game, whatever it was. It was an extra preseason game that yeah, last week of the all season. The, all those games in September were preseason games. Just adds to it. <laughs> so to me, this is really the second matchup between both these teams. Because game two was 100% irrelevant. All right, we'll get to a couple of other things here. Just stay calm. Stay calm. Okay, we have a pilot and a co-pilot. I don't want the passengers to get all jumpy. So if you could stay calm, that'd be great. You're, I mean, it's only Monday. You're already starting to talk fast. It's going to be a long week. <laughs> imagine, imagine the thought process in this chair. All right, we'll uh, come back. We'll uh, talk about 
Penn State football. We'll get to a couple of. Uh, we'll get to another transfer portal. I can only tell you who's going in. I can't tell you who's who's coming to Penn State until they officially sign. I hope everybody understands that. We all know it's a wide receiver. Um, and other items in a moment as we continue. Brought to you by Purdy Insurance on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Hmm. When car repairs get difficult. Well, I. I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections. Quick Lane, 630 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 630 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury. And Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the... Mm. Out of auto repair. Jones takes the snap, handoff Barkley, hit, and dives ahead. And is he in for the touchdown? Yes, touchdown Saquon Barkley. And the Giants have the lead with 7.47 to go in the ballgame. That's Bob Papa with the call on the Giants radio network. Saquon Barkley had two touchdowns yesterday, played brilliantly in his first ever playoff game. Uh, Earlier today, Villanova rally beat Georgetown. And right now, Purdue leads Michigan State 27-25 in a game where... The officiating has set the game back to 1945. All right. um, This league needs to do something desperately. You've got to get more offense into – I mean, the Big Ten needs to get more offense back into the game. I'm watching Indiana-Wisconsin the other day. And if I didn't have to watch the game because Penn State's playing Wisconsin next, I'd have turned it off. It was 21-20 at halftime. Who the heck wants to watch that? You've got to get the games to be watchable, fun, exciting, entertaining. I'm watching Purdue. Guy drives in the lane. Somebody play. Oh, flies back. Oh, it's foul. Offensive foul. Stop calling offensive fouls. Okay? Play defense, but play normally. Guy, you know, play normally. And uh, they're going to go to the half. It's 27-25, Purdue at the break. But it's just, it's, every sport is doing everything it can to put more offense into the game. The NFL changed all of its its rules a long time ago, dealing with pass plays, trying to get the ball downfield, so forth. College football adopted a lot of the same rules, um, not the five-yard contact rule, but a lot of the same rules to get offense and flow into the game. The NBA has offense and flow to it. I mean, look at the Celtics won today over the Hornets, uh, what, 130 to 118 or something like that, and Jason Tatum had 51 points. Well, people want to pay to see that. The NHL took out the two-line pass. Now you get those stretch passes, stretch plays, more excitement, up and down the ice. That's what people want to see. 
They don't want to see up oh, offensive, offensive. Stop penalizing the offense. Okay, ninety percent of those are blocks. Ninety percent are blocks. Come on. Got to get more of college basketball needs more, especially the Big Ten. Oh, my goodness, the Big Ten. Too many games where it's nobody's above 30 at halftime. Like, come on. Man, I know you got the security of having your TV deal. I got it. But, okay, a couple of notes. Uh, I always love today's the day that you can, the final day you can declare for the NFL draft. Oh, my goodness, it's C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud is not declared. What's going on there? Must be the NIL thing. Well, I don't know. Why don't you do that analysis after 4 o'clock this afternoon? He declared this morning for the draft. You can declare anytime you want. <laughs> Up until the deadline. He did it today. Jordan Addison, USC. Same thing, declared today for the draft. I'm reading articles over the weekend. Why hasn't he declared? What, are you supposed to do it at 12.01? What's the difference? You can do it anytime you want. <laughs> it's like a Deesa Isaac announced on one day he was going to come back to Penn State, and a few days later, Curtis Jacobs announced. And then uh, Marquise Wilson put his name into the uh, transfer portal today. Um, and, of course, then there's the Taylor Stubblefield story, which everybody, of course, around Penn State has been talking about. And uh, this is this is a coaching staff decision by James Franklin. He feels moving forward, it's the best thing for the goals that Penn State wants to accomplish. And so that's what he's decided to do. Taylor did some good things here, no question. Uh, but obviously, James wants James wants more out of that spot, and thinks he can get more out of that spot with somebody else. So now, and you know darn well, he doesn't do this without already having a really good idea of the direction he wants to go in. That's something you always have to remember with James Franklin. When he makes a move, he already has an idea of what direction he wants to go in. He knew what direction he wanted to go in to get Mike Yursich. He knew what direction he wanted to go in when he got Manny Diaz. He knew what direction he wanted to go in when he got Phil Troutwine. You know, I can go through the long list. But he knew what direction he wanted to go in to get, you know, Charles Huff leaves. He knew what direction he wanted to go in to get Jay Wan Sider. So you know darn well in this situation, James knows where he wants to go. This holiday ad will be over in 27 seconds. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto home life business. Boat, motorcycle, RV, whatever it may be. It is all at Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com.
best in the business. That's the way we always like to be associated with people who are the best in the business, and that's Purdy Insurance. Same thing with Sunbury Motors. 4th Street and Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Ladies and gentlemen, America's nervous wreck, Matt Control. <laughs> I told you it was going to be a long week. <laughs> Leading up, I'm, that's one of the reasons why I'm glad this game is Saturday. And I don't have yeah, to wait th- an extra day. I mean, I thought you were going to uh, take the week off. <laughs> go, no. to an island, go to an island. Uh, I'll be off on Friday, but I will be here the rest of the week. Really? I will, yes. Really? You'll be off on Friday? Yes. Okay. Just want to make sure you're okay. Yeah, we're good. It was already planned day trip before I knew when the when the Eagles were playing. I see. All right, so we'll make sure you're okay. We're good, uh, yeah. Yeah, we're talking about Taylor Stubblefield. Again, James knows what he wants to do with this. Um, he always keeps his cl- cards close to the vest, but he did not exit um, he didn't just do this on a whim. It's something he's thought about, something that he thinks is a better direction, and that's what he, you know. That's what he wants to do. We know they're on the verge of something that can be outstanding here. We know that, and now you've got a couple of quarterbacks there because I will never count Bo out. As you know, you got a couple of quarterbacks there that have great potential, and and I think he he feels he's got now with the running game that he has now, he's got a couple of guys that he you know we all know that they have already won out of the transfer portal. Now they're gonna have to wait a little bit for him, um, but he feels that whatever he has in mind is the is the step forward there, which is then the step forward for everybody. So we'll find out what that is. We'll find out what that is. Uh, As I mentioned, Penn State's at Wisconsin tomorrow. We'll do the show from Madison tomorrow. Um, And that will be, it's a late game tomorrow. It's an 8.30 game tomorrow. Which means what? Done at ten thirty, eleven. Get to the airport, fly back. Get about back about two thirty in the morning. Eight a.m. class. Yeah, yeah. Big Ten cares about student athletes. All right, good. Uh, sure. Yeah, I know. They, I know. Scheduling is somewhat difficult. I'll concede that. But there are just too many things about what they do. Scheduling-wise, that I find baffling. Not today. I mean, you've got Purdue and Michigan State playing on MLK Day today. No, that completely, completely get that. That's great. Um, doesn't mean they don't do some things right. They do, but 
course, later in the week, Penn State will be uh, gifted its one Saturday home game for the year. <sighs> they give you 10. <laughs> Always love when they say, you know, you know, look how many weekend games you have. Do you, does anybody in the office do market research? Is anybody even in the office? I don't even know. For a long time, they weren't. I don't know if they're back in the Big Ten office or not. I have no idea. I'll have to ask somebody. Usually you get more information when you go to the Big Ten tournament of what, about what's going on. Um, but, but they get the game at Wisconsin tomorrow. Wisconsin played at Indiana on Saturday. So I mentioned the first half was, it was just aesthetically. They've they, they got to do something about the aesthetics of the game. They really do. And it seems like so many calls are just geared. And part of it's what they're being told to officiate, not, not how it's officiated. They're being told how to officiate the game. And for some reason, the Big Ten seems to feel that the physicality of the game is, is really a good thing. Well, there's some elements of physicality are good. There are other parts of physicality are flat-out fouls. And guess what? You need to take the first three weeks of a regular season, you know, when you're playing non-conference games, and get rid of a lot of this stuff so there's more flow, more passing, better shooting. Um, you know, I see you know, I see certain mistakes that happen all the time that, that are unforced errors. How many times now, and this is something when they, when they change the rule, I pointed out this was going to happen, so this is not going to be me saying, oh, my goodness, look what's happening. I told. Why did I tell you when they changed the rule in the three-point shot, move the line back? That you're going to have to have more guys stepping out of bounds on the sideline. I'm watching Michigan State Purdue. Yeah, it already happened a couple times in the first half. Got the ball. We're out of bounds because they're trying to. Because they're not gauging. They're looking at the three-point line, not gauging the sideline. Like I'm like, okay. And people want to shoot from the corner because it's actually shorter to shoot it in the corner than it is at the top of the key. So, got to do something about that. As for the NFL, uh, it was, first of all, the sevens all gave a good account of themselves. Seattle and Miami gave good accounts of themselves, right? I think it's fair. Last year the sevens didn't. This year the sevens did. Okay. Had to play on the road. You know, Seattle is, you know, gave San Francisco all they could handle. Miami gave Buffalo all it could handle. In the end, the two twos survived and advanced. Cincinnati, I'll be honest with you, Cincinnati did not look good last night winning. Didn't look good. That play at the goal line, oh, man. Do you know how many times, let's just take Penn State practice, how many times I have heard James tell running backs and quarterbacks, only reach the ball out if you're absolutely sure, not in traffic, Okay, and only reach the ball out if it's fourth down. Uh, 
over and over and over again because of what happened last night. He reached the ball out, like, and the ball got punched out of there. Hubbard took it to his credit, ran it 98 yards the other way. Yeah, you look, you get lucky, the ball comes goes into his hands, and he takes off. Gus Edwards was close. But that is... It's so odd to me watching professionals because this is all they do for a living. This is all they do. And they make so many mistakes. And you can see with the role depth plays, Cincinnati's offensive line had finally settled down a little bit. Then Lyle Collins got hurt. He's out for the year. Looks like the left tackle now. The kid from Alabama might not be able to play against Buffalo. Yeah, broken kneecap, I believe. Yeah, not good. So he's out. By the way, Jensen for the Bucks is off IR. Yeah, this is amazing. He It looks like he actually is going to play tonight. And they need him. Yeah. Brady desperately needs him. Because they need to keep the pressure out of his face tonight. And that game is in Tampa tonight. Don't know if I... I might be able to see three quarters of it. Because I've got a... I'm, uh, my flight leaves at 6 a.m. tonight. Or, yeah, I'm sorry, 6 p.m. tonight. Um... The Cowboys are good. They are far from great. And I'll be honest with you. You look at, let's just take the division, the quarterbacks in the division. There's no question Jalen Hurts is head and shoulders. He's number one. Daniel Jones is probably the second best quarterback in the division now. He's playing better than Dak Prescott is. I don't disagree. Um, Prescott makes too many mistakes. Forces the ball a lot. It's not like he, you know, he doesn't have like CD Lamb is a terrific receiver. Dalton Schultz is a really good tight end. I like Pollard more than I do Elliott. I mean, Elliott still has the name and everybody gets enamored with him, but Pollard's the better player. At least I think he is. Um and Parsons is. Um Mike is special. There's just no getting around. Micah is special. I mean, if I had to handpick the single... Dave Gettleman made a lot of mistakes with the Giants. If I had to handpick the single greatest mistake he made, when he wanted to draft Devontae Smith uh, and Howie Roseman thoroughly and completely outmaneuvered him, and made the trade with Dallas, got ahead of the Giants. He picked Devontae Smith, which was brilliant on Howie Roseman's part. Gettleman should have picked Micah Parsons. I was sitting there like, good, just take Parsons. You'll end up better off for it. Nope. I'll take Kadarius Tony. I'm looking around like, what? Really? Okay. That's where, to me, that is where they ended up making the mistake that cost them. I mean, can you imagine Parsons on that defense with those three defensive linemen I talked about earlier with Thibodeau, Williams, and Dexter Lawrence? Wow. I mean, that'd be some group. That would be some group. Um, 
I mean, we thought we had a first down. There isn't anybody that thought he had a first down in the Dolphins-Bills game. Did you think he had a first down? I didn't. No, I thought the, the, it was spotted perfectly. About like, half a oh. yard short. You're like sitting there like, okay, well, why is he, what, what's he doing there? I mean, it's, again, you have to, you got to be the coolest customer in the place. And I'm questioning whether he was the coolest customer in the place on that. The Dolphins scored literally the most painful 31 points in a game I've ever seen. Because that wasn't just the only time that happened. It happened all game long. And even with that, on top of all the other pre-snap penalties and stuff that set them back on drives, yet they still somehow scored 31 points. Well, remember, it's a team that ended the year in a six-game losing streak. It's also a team that had had a third-string quarterback in there. So, I mean, I want to give them credit for doing certain things. They had to work around some elements. Uh, of all the days for Jalen Waddle to have a day where he couldn't catch the ball, I mean, you got your third-string quarterback in there. You know what he needs? He needs some help. He needs help from the from the guys that are the stars of the team. And that's that to me is – and he didn't get help from Waddle. Got some help from Tyree Kill, but not from Waddle. Got help from Mike Kosicki. Mike Kosicki. Yeah, uh, he got help from the defense, which did a great job of creating turnovers in the game. Uh, Buffalo uh, has been thought of as a dominant team. Ooh, the Flyers lost today, six nothing. Let's see, did they get any shots on goal? I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't shocked by that. You become a hater. Now, see, the Bruins were consistent. They scored two goals each each uh, period. Perfect. Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. No, the Flyers had as many shots on goals as the Bruins did. They had 29 apiece. The difference is the Bruins made 29 saves and your team made 23. Not good. Face-off, she got killed 63%. Got crushed. Oh, but you had more hits. 21 hits to the Bruins, 12. Cool. Ooh, it, also, it also says you missed 44. No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> just kidding. They probably did. I'm joking. Um, what's interesting is that I think Josh Allen is playing well but not playing great. Here's another interesting part to all this. Think about who's in the playoffs right now. Okay, Patrick Mahomes... Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Daniel Jones, Brock Purdy. So those are the seven that are in. You know what all seven have in common? They're all in their 20s. The two older quarterbacks are playing tonight, Brady and Prescott. The other seven are all in their 20s. You know that? Yeah, pretty remarkable. And, you know, in a league that is so quarterback-centric, I think that that is, for the league's future, is so important 
because everyone was wondering well, what's going to happen. You know, Brady's got, Brady's you know getting older. Manning is now retired. Look at Rodgers is older. You know, there was a lot of talk about that. Uh, but I think Mahomes might be the oldest one in the group. He's twenty seven. Seems like he's been around the longest. But uh, but to the credit of of the NFL, it, it, it's the most. It is the critical position on the field, yet it's staying younger. And those seven quarterbacks are all in their 20s, the ones that are automatically into the next round, into the quarterfinals. And then we'll find out between Brady and and Prescott who wins tonight. Those will be the winner of that game will be the oldest quarterback still left. But that's for the league, that's really cool. And you're about to get an injection of Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud into this league. And I think both of them can play right away. Now, the problem, Young's got two problems. Young Young has two problems, Stroud has one. The two problems for Young is stature. Young's not very big, you know. He's only like 5'10 and a half. I don't know what they list him at at Alabama, but I think you'll find it at the Combine, he'll be about 5'10 and a half. That's one. And number two, he is he is slight of built. Now, in terms of his ability to move, outstanding. In terms of how he how accurately he throws the ball, outstanding. Leadership skill, outstanding. He's got all these some measurable, some not measurable that are just outstanding. Stature, though, is a little bit of a problem. And uh build is a little bit of a problem. Stroud doesn't have a problem with build or with height. Stroud, though, is, you know, the odd thing about Stroud is Stroud can run but won't. That's why in the semifinal game, when he took off against Georgia on that, what what was it, a 30, 35-yard run to, to set up the field goal attempt? Jack and I looked at each other like, whoa, okay, about time, because he, because he almost is adamant about refusing to run. Whatever team he goes to, he's going to have to run. He's going to have to be able to move because he's not going to have a quality offensive line in front of him. Right? So, you know, his accuracy is outstanding, delivers a beautiful ball. Uh, Moves decently in the pocket, but he doesn't, you don't have to spy him. That's my point. You don't have to spy him. And the area you don't have to spy him above all is in the red zone. So you don't have to commit a person to playing him in the red zone. Uh, because it's his choice not to run. You just won't do it. But they're going to inject two really terrific young quarterbacks, I think, into the league, wherever they end up going. And there are a couple of other guys that are younger players that aren't that bad. I mean, let's face it. I mean, Justin Fields got better and better as the season went along for the Bears. Somebody will pick up Derek Carr. You know what I think of Herbert. I think Herbert is terrific to watch. His problem against Jacksonville was quite simple. They were they ran out of guys. Not having Mike Williams did not help. And then he had Carter get hurt during the game. Now he's down to only three wide receivers, and two of the top three of his receivers are out. Doesn't have Carter or Williams. And that's something that a lot of people did not talk about. That was one of the big issues that Los Angeles had against Jacksonville 
on Saturday night was when they he didn't have Williams to start with, and he lost Carter during the game. Now he's just you know he's trying to somehow get by with what he has. Not easy, not easy. And by the way, the penalty for roughing the passer on Dexter Lawrence. Oh yeah, that was stupid. What are we What are we doing here? It was not a great weekend for the offici- for the officials either. I must say, no. I've we've seen worse this season, but this past weekend was not smooth by any means. Like goodness gracious! All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back in a moment. Brought to you by Purdy Insurance on News Radio 1070 WKOK. <laughs> It's 2023, and while a lot has changed, one thing you can count on is the service at Purdy Insurance. Hi, this is Season. At Purdy Insurance, we provide you the highest level of service and coverage to protect you, your family, and your business. Make it your New Year's resolution to call us for a quote today at 570-286-5855. Go to our website at purdyinsurance.com or stop at our office at 136 Market Street in Sunbury to see what Purdy Insurance can do for you. 